You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. We are the Fantasy Joes, as you heard in the intro. I am Ryan. I got Will and Jake with me. What's going on, fellas? Not much, man. It's, uh, it's good to be back, the three of us. It's been a while. We're back again, the, the, the three amigos. Will, how are you? I like, to wait. I like to wait for the radio pause. Let that silence linger. The awkward pause. Just live, live in it. Just, you know, just you keep people on their toes. Keep people on their toes. Uh, it's going well. Week two was it interesting. So I actually finally created a spreadsheet to keep track of all my, uh, my you know, my wins and losses across all dynasty leagues and redraft leagues and everything. And it's, it's an okay year so far. I have... Uh, a team that is, is in a conundrum we talked about a little bit off the air that I thought was building for win now. And I'm owing two in the lowest score, like point score in the league. Try not to panic because we live the same life. Everybody else does out there. And it's a week to week game. That's the one thing I always try to keep in mind with dynasty is you have like each week actually is super important because it affects how you make moves for your team, how you view your team moving in the future and the players on that squad. So long story short, uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I, I didn't, I uh, hit my parlays this week from the NFL because the Niners and I think Bears and Brown, uh, Bears and uh, Bengals did not hit the overs. They actually hit way, way, way below uh, what they were doing. But also, I, the 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 Vikings and Cardinals hit the over almost right away. So you know, try to cop back some uh, some bank account on that, and I'm uh, gonna move in forward this week and, and try to get some more over bets. Yeah, you never know week to week. There were definitely some surprises. It was kind of an unusual week, week two. Um, I hate betting unders, especially when fan like when you like tra- like looking at fantasy points and team scores. I always want to bet overs because that's fun. That's what everybody wants. Yeah, yeah, of course we we want to see points unless unless you're going into Monday night and you're playing Aaron Jones or something and you're you're not wanting to see points or Aaron Rodgers and then you're like okay let's let's have this be a low scoring game. Um, you just kind of knew it though, right? Like that going into that Monday night football game that the Packers, the the studs were going to, were going to put up some numbers that just kind of, it was it just, we could see that one coming, but anyway, we had a great Patreon show as a reminder, uh, patreon.com slash Winston Joe's. We, we had a really great conversation. We're going to continue that here in the big show. We're going to get into our moments and letdowns of week number two. So, um, Lamar Jack, we'll give it to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson moments of week two, guys, uh, because Lamar had an amazing game, uh, led his team to a victory with a little assist from uh, Clyde Edwards Elair. Um, guys, wh- why don't you guys start it off? Jake, why don't you start off with your uh, your first Lamar Jackson moment of week two? So uh, this is my first in season podcast as a fantasy show. This is my first moments and letdown. It's kind of yeah, a, a woo! That's a big thank moment. You, that's a, that's the moment of the week for everybody. So, Lamar Lamar Jackson moments. I think if we were looking back at this season, obviously this is just week two, um, and we were looking, we were saying our moments on the season, we would be calling this the Kyler Murray moments because at this at this point so far, he is just looking so electric. He is. Like we probably could have expected this. And as Joe's, we did expect this. We predicted him for offensive player of the year. Um, he was my MVP, kind of a no brainer. Um, I know, I know for 
fantasy purposes, we kind of chose deeper ones for our fantasy MVPs, but he was all of our QB ones. The guy is looking like the MVP of the league right now. Um, like I said, a cheat code for fantasy. He's got 10 more points than Mahomes, and he's just so freaking fun to watch. Like, like he, he's making Cardinals must-watch TV. Absolutely. His arm talent is off the charts. And I think that's something that what hasn't been, that wasn't talked about during the off season is he's that any kind of platform thrower, he can like, he can make all the throws. And as a shorter quarterback of stature compared to the NFL, it doesn't matter when nobody's around him and he, and he hucks the ball in a perfect spiral to a tight spot or throws it to like, he under, he's just understanding the game a lot better than what, than I feel like what he was last year. I know it's only week two, but uh, I think, I, I mean, Kyler is somebody that I, I haven't been right about yet. And he, uh, if he's QB1 going to the next dynasty offseason, I wouldn't be surprised at all because he has the entire package. Yeah, I, I mean, he is the pro- probably, I don't say the one guy, but um, it, it felt like going into the year that Patrick Holmes was, was fully, you know, locked into, to, you know, probably their number one overall player in a super flex league, but now I'm starting to feel that Keller Murray could surpass him if this keeps up. Um, and I, I, you know, don't see it slowing down necessarily. Um, let's just hope he stays healthy and, and continues to put those numbers. Cause he is electric. It's so much fun to watch that. That well, team is so much fun to watch. And all the off season stuff you've read about him him working with the wide receivers, him going to other locations, to work with other wide receivers. He's put in all the time to do this too. It's not a fluke like incident that Kyler Murray is this good. And to put this on like a fantasy perspective, when you deal with, when you look back on seasons and you look at the fan, like at the MVP and the fantasy league winners, it's it. You can typically connect those to other guys in that offense. Like right now you're going to want to throw darts at like Christian Kirk. You've already seen that he's kind of coming alive again this season. Um, there's a chance AJ green has a bit more of a resurgence. It's been, uh, he's gotten the target share so far, but haven't seen it. Rondo Moore is obviously looking like a superstar. Um, and it, like I made a bold take early in the off season that I liked him more than Hopkins and dynasty, just based on the age gap. And obviously Hopkins is just an absolute superstar, but I love that more Kyler connection. Um, Max Williams is like a decent dart throw in tight end premium, like two tight end leagues, especially with just how that tight end landscape is looking. You wanted as much pieces of this offense as you can get. Like Chase Edmonds is look is going to be a fantasy steal if he can stay healthy, just based on being a pass catcher in that offense. It's a you want all the Cardinals you can get. Maybe not James Conner, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. We'll see. We'll it's see. What, it's what you want in fantasy, propelling great offenses. So at Stash Eno Benjamin, Stash Eno. Yeah, I, I like that call. Um. All right, so Will, let's we can talk about the the Cardinals for forever, um, but and Keller Murray, but let, let's talk about let's move on. What what a, what's your first moment of of the week? And we could have easily given it to Kyler Murray. I think we said Kyler Murray last week for moments. So I like to change it up each week. So uh, we've been treated to some epic moments in primetime games. Uh, Chiefs Ravens game was absolutely electric. Lamar is such a player to watch. Uh, amazing. I love seeing Hollywood Brown absolutely booming into the twenty twenty one season. He's a player I actually acquired. Uh, a few, you know, shares of moving into this season, like because his role in the offense was being downplayed with uh, with, with how that offense being projected playing out. But the the the, the bigger part of this is uh, I love that By- Byron Pringle was popping, and yes, that is a that is a Pringles joke. But don't. 
Byron Pringle. <laughs> Byron Pringle is a tough man. He showed it in years past with tough catches. I remember him grabbing a pass last year, just getting hammered. Uh, and he stayed on that roster. And I, this is like, I, I try to choose some moments that are a little bit off the radar. Uh, one of the, a couple of them are on the radar, but uh, Byron Pringle, good for you, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, go ahead, Jake. What were you going to say? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Marquise Brown proven to be more than just a best ball wide receiver. Um, hopefully he can keep it coming throughout the, throughout the year, especially with Bateman, hopefully coming back from injury soon. And now you have to like Pringle. It's kind of the exact same breath with you want pieces of that Cardinals offense. Anyone attached to Mahomes, like you want to throw darts at these guys, and especially in best ball leagues when you don't have to predict, but I don't have to start Byron Pringle, but he's, whenever he gets a touchdown, he's going to make his way into my lineup. Love that. Yeah. Um, so for my first moment of the week, it, it's not so much fantasy related, uh, although might be if you have just trash on your Superflex leagues at the quarterback position. Uh, Taylor Heineke, I think that was a great story on Thursday night. It j- just the fact that, um, uh, you, you know, he, he got a second chance to lead his team down the field to, to, to beat the Giants. That was a fun game. Um, also it, it restores my hope that Terry McLaurin can have a big year in, in 2021, because I was, I was a little bit worried when we, when we lost Fitzmagic for most of the year. And it looks like Fitzpatrick may not get the job back. I mean, who knows, right? We'll, we'll see what, uh, Taylor Heineke can, can do the rest of the year. But I, I, I just think that's, that's a fun story. And I, I love that these guys that kind of come out of nowhere that, um, I mean, who knows how long this ride will last. He could be like Garden Minshew where he, you know, lasts for about five minutes and then disappears. But you know, who knows? In a Superflex League, he might have some value for you. I mean, you, you might be starting him as your QB2 some weeks. So um, I just think it's a fun story. And, and even in that game, guys, Daniel Jones looked good. I know it's one game and I'm not, you know, going out to acquire Daniel Jones. But, you know, he he he, he looked pretty solid um, uh, in, in that one game. So and we'll see what he can do against a really bad Atlanta Falcons defense this week. So. Um, I, that, that was my first, uh, moment I put down just a great story. You're about to get everything you want out of Tyler Heineke. I did, this is the, the max that you can expect is you can have the, these few games starting. Uh, if you have a deep quarterback roster and somebody else needs him, uh, you can move him or you can trade him if you picked him up on the waiver wire, uh, which is, is probably pretty rare in Superflex leagues, but, uh, that's that Heineke moment is what we need. We need fantasy value in all the players are playing. I'm surprised uh, you have that take of potentially moving Heineke. If I guess if the offer's right, you'd move anybody. But we talked in the Patreon show about Teddy Bridgewater and how he's had how excellent he's looked early in this season. And uh, Will mentioned that he wouldn't want to move Teddy for two early seconds. Um, I feel like that's probably fair compensation, and it's very team dependent. But t- t- Taylor Heineke's probably very similar with just we've seen less of it. Um, but except he offers more of a Konami upside, right? Um, and if we talk about it every single episode here, you want those quarterbacks who are going to run for extra fantasy points. It might not help um, the pass catchers as much, but, um, and you know what? Taylor Heineke might be as good or better of a pass catcher uh, thrower anyways than uh, Fitzpatrick was at this point in his career. So I don't think it's a huge loss for Washington. Their team is like, good like everywhere so he's not like he's entering a bad situation where he's gonna come in and just play terribly um he showed that he's been good like last game he showed in the playoffs he's been good so i don't think all hope is lost and i think given how good washington is 
they're going to be like, I think they picked in the twenties last year. I would kind of venture to guess it's going to be the same this year. And it's not very prime QB territory, unless you're going to pull a 49ers and package a whole bunch of your first and move up for the, who you think is your future. They might be in a situation where Heineke is their future going forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I am a pessimistic Jake that um, he, he will, you know, stick long-term in Washington, but you're right. I mean, what do they have next year? Because they're going to not have a top five pick. I don't think, I think they're going to, maybe they don't make the playoffs, but I think they're going to at least finish middle of the pack in the NFL. And um, yeah, they, they meant, and, and there's so many teams that are loaded that need help at the QB position that will um, just, just be more able to acquire QB. So I think that's an interesting observation there. I mean, the, the bills are going to rough Heineke up on the road this year or uh, this week. So I think this will be an interesting discussion moving week to week with Heineke and what he's actually able to do. Yeah, it'll be it's a big test this week. There's no doubt about that. Let's um, let's throw out a couple more moments before we get into letdowns. I'm just going to mention that um, not that Justin Fields looked particularly. You know, I've got to mention it, right? Not that he looked great um, when he had to come in um, to substitute for Andy Dalton, but I think there are a lot of factors at play there. Um, you know, he didn't get the preparation all week. Um, his, he didn't get, get a lot of help from Allen Robinson, who in my opinion, dropped a touchdown pass. He should have caught uh, Mooney had a big play that, that I think he should have made. So long story short, I think um, better days are ahead for Justin Fields. He's got a big test at Cleveland. He's a starter, but I'm excited that we have finally moved on from the Andy Dalton era in Chicago, at least, at least for a few weeks. So I just have to mention, and I'm, 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 I was excited to, when he got in there, uh, even though Andy Dalton's a nice guy and I'm just excited to see what he can do. It, it'll be fun for, obviously the bears franchise, but also for fantasy as well. Um, just to see what Justin Fields can do. And I, I think talk about the Konami code. Uh, you know, I, I think he's going to have to use his legs and rush and it'll be fun to see what kind of numbers he can put up. So at least fantasy numbers. I mean, if Daggy hasn't changed the offense at all between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, and if they try to run that same playbook out there, uh, it should be an immediate fire uh, week three, like mid game halftime fire. <laughs> I wouldn't hate it, Will. Yeah, I, I don't know. The McCaskey family, George McCaskey, you know, he's very stubborn about letting go of guys. I mean, I mean, Iggy should still be in Chicago, in my opinion. But anyway. Um, sure. Wouldn't surprise me anyways if Nagy rolled out the same playbook, I mean. But right now, Nagy is almost refusing to hand over the starting job from Andy Dalton, even though he's injured, saying that it's going to be his when he comes back. But you have to hope and almost like I would wager to guess that Justin Fields is going to take this job and run away with it. Like, I hope that there is just no doubt in anyone's mind that he is the starter moving forward, that there's no chance that they could give it to Andy Dalton. Just like like he would lose the locker room if they did so, because Justin Fields just looks that good Um, based on how the locker room is taught, like just based on interviews and stuff so far like they're all obviously super excited for Justin Fields to get his first start and uh it's exciting for them because obviously all of their ceilings go up a bit when once he uh, becomes a starter yeah and, and, and we'll yeah I mean I, I'm trying not to get too too optimistic about it but we've seen um, get optimistic uh, well, I mean, we, yeah, we've seen guys like Deshaun Watson that come in their, their rookie season and, and until he got hurt and really elevated the play of that team. So it, it could, you know, that elevates the defense. They're more inspired and they, they, they have more to give when um, when they know that they've got Justin Fields on their side versus when Andy Dalton's on the field, right? So um, 
uh, Jake, what, what's uh, an, another moment from week two you want to mention? So sorry to one more thing about the fields. I think he's just like a, a better Jalen Hurts. Like, and like what you said, he just provides that kind of energy, right. And with a better arm. So it's super exciting. Um, one moment I have, so I missed week one. So this is kind of just my moments on the season so far. I just have the Tampa Bay Buck, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, is it too crazy to say that I think they might have the best roster in like in NFL history? Um, I'm 26 years old, so I'm not like a huge um, history buff. I watch all of the football lives in the 30s and like all that. I try to do my research, but I definitely haven't watched all of the teams from back in the day. So if you know better, like I'm sure you do, but holy crap, is this team good? Like they are filled with hall of famers up and down this roster. Like Tom Brady is like, no question. One of the, probably the best player of all time. I don't think there's probably like, you can even say probably there. Mike Evans, hall of famer, Antonio Brown, hall of famer, Gronk hall of famer. Werf's got that potential. Sue's got the potential. Vita Bay has got the potential. Like it go, you can go up and de- up and down this roster. Levante David, like, there's it's stunning how good they are and their depth is phenomenal. We, we talked about it in the Patreon show a little bit, but I'm just in awe of this team and it's going to be impo- like They have to be the favorites for the Super Bowl, right? Like, I don't know who, uh, obviously there's Mahomes and those six like, special talents like that, but it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Like you just have to sit and enjoy it. And while, while we have Tom Brady, right. Hey, he's playing for another five years. He's playing until he's 50, according to I Tom sure Brady. Hope, I hope so. <laughs> if anyone could do it, that guy can. Yeah, I wouldn't bet against it. I would. 50? We're crazy. Yeah, that's I I, I yeah, we'll 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 see how long it keeps going. I mean, it would be a great story, but um uh, I, I don't know. I mean he he seems to have the desire, which is I guess half the battle. But well, any any thoughts on the Bucks or you want to give um another moment of week two? Yeah, my next moment, because uh, we just moved, need to move away from the bus for a minute. Uh, Brandon Zelstra, Zelstra, I can't even pronounce his name, uh, candidate for who the heck is that player at the end of the season. Uh, he caught the first touchdown for the Panthers in that game. I was over at my little brother's house uh, with the dog that I was dog sitting and so that they could run around and play in the backyard. And I was, I was on my phone just like looking at the score updates. I was like, oh, the Panthers scored. Uh, it's Brandon Zelstra. I had no idea who this guy was. Uh, he came into the league in 2016 as an undrafted pick or uh, like undrafted. I don't know what other teams he's been on. I don't know a lot of his history, but he is from the, the Minneapolis area, uh, Metro area. And he knew exactly who he was and was super stoked about it. And it was just one of those moments where the amount of research we do on players and the breadth of knowledge that we have of everybody in the league for there to be an unnamed player. And then my little brother to know who he was, was one of my best moments of the week. And he was super stoked for Zolstra and his, uh, you know, you know, flashing the NFL stage. So, guys, I, uh, I, I got a question for. Go ahead, Jake. I, I I did not know who this guy was. This is the first time I'm hearing his name. I didn't even see him in the box score. So, uh, it's it's fun to hear this conversation. So, um, did uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Will I Zilstra? I'm just Zilstra. Let's, Zyl- let's go with Zilstra. Zyl- let's go with Zilstra. Let's go with Zilstra. So who who had more fantasy points PPR week two? Zilstra or Tim Patrick? Uh Tim Patrick. Zilstra just by based, yeah, just the, the fact you're asking the question. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Point seven. More, think, yeah, yeah. 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 Zilstra, Zilstra, sorry. Zilstra had thirteen point four 
uh, and then uh, Tim Patrick, 12.7. I think a more um, interesting stat is who had more points, Zilstra or Tyreek Hill? Well, that was yeah. Zilstra. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's 3CC slam dunk. Yeah, that's, am- that's amazing. Zilstra or Brian Edwards? Oh, it's Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> okay, those those are a couple of references to the to the Patreon show. So to get the joke, you have to listen to the Patreon show. Um, but right. but anyway, it's it's fun when I, I I don't know this person whatsoever with you know this like math like a relatively big involvement in fantasy, and then my little brother's like, oh yeah, he's from Minnesota, and I was like, what the heck, man? Like, how do you know who this person is? And those kind of moments are what makes it fun is when somebody has a different breadth of knowledge. And can uh, they'd be like, yeah, I'm super stoked about that, and like just the, the happiness that exudes from all that that moment was was just one of the moments of the week easily. So there's a there's another Greenwood we can get on the show with a more in depth football knowledge. Can we uh, can we get his number? He's been he, on the show. He popped on. Oh, he popped on during the draft episode. Yeah, draft beautiful. Party. Does he does he want to get on full time? <laughs> um. I, I'm gonna if you, if you had him in your DFS lineups, that was a nice play because I'm sure he returned pretty good value for you because I'm sure he went off at the the minimum. I bet he's zero percent uh, started. <laughs> uh, speaking of DFS, uh, leading into letdown, so I'm gonna we'll call this our Alvin Kamara letdowns of, of week two. My dude, like guys, my cash lineups in DFS the first couple of weeks, whatever it is, I've just yeah, I only do one cash lineup and I, I've done okay in, in tournaments, but. Man, like my cash lineups, I've, I've, I'm like oh for two. I just, I've just had two really bad weeks. So um, I just I've had all the you know I just um, the wrong stud. I'm just picking the wrong studs to play. Like oh Kamara this week, you know the, the, I said last week he's bound to you know, see his usage go up and uh, you know I'm excited about him and just you know didn't didn't work out for me. Yeah, that, that James so. Winston Marquez Callaway stack that I was promoting last <laughs> week really, really panned out. Um, so I, that's that's one of my letdowns. That's just a personal letdown for me. I'm sure plenty of people did great at DFS. You probably you know were going against me and you you creamed me. So congratulations. But I'm sure I'll bounce back. DFS is like that sometimes. Yeah, but. the DFS stack too of James Winston Callaway. And then Troutman is like a cheap, like little, little uh, triple stack there that uh, you might as well just, you might as well just take your money and, and just put it right in the toilet. <laughs> it's, it's a good stack for 10 points total. If you're lucky. It's only because of Winston's like garbage rushing touchdown. It's just ridiculous. I got to say, not, not that I was like this big, like, Oh, take Callaway, you know, late in your redraft leagues, he's going to blow up. But I did expect him to, not be this bad. Not that I, I didn't think he was going to be like what some people were saying, like, Oh, he's going to be a wide receiver too or anything. But I, I mean, he's, he's been just awful, you know I mean? Irrelevant. He's been irrelevant. Yeah. It's, it's, that's just, it's crazy. So even if you, even if you were down on him, I don't think you, I, th- I think you expected a little bit of production. Um, but anyway, uh, okay. Uh, well, what about you? Uh, let down week two. Uh, Gerald Everett is my biggest week two, week two let down. And I don't know if it's close uh, as, as I was thinking about it. Uh, as we go through, I just thought that like he was going to be a great streaming tight end play and again, DFS play. And then when like my friends asked me for roster advice and they had like Gerald Everett versus Zach Ertz again, like not, not great choices there, but I was like, no, you need to start Everett. Everett's the opportunity is wide open to him uh, with their third receiver going down and what's going to happen. And it's just, he did not, he did nothing. It, it was, I just, I couldn't be more disappointed in what Gerald Everett did this past week. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's pretty clear that I was really hoping he would emerge. And as as everyone knows that listens to the show, and yeah, he kind of got that touchdown week one. And yeah, um, it, I don't think it's necessarily going to happen um, for for Gerald Everett, and that is a big disappointment. Um, so, but at least at least the you know Seattle offense is. Is, is humming along with Russell Wilson and Lockett and yes, DK Metcalf's, you know, numbers don't look spectacular, but they'll, they'll come around. Don't worry. DK Metcalf is still DK Metcalf. Um, Jake, I, I just on the show notes, the, the letdown, this is the league I used to be in you, the, the, one of the most amazing winning streaks in, in dynasty is, is over. What happened? It's a, it's a, it was a very, very sad day. Um, I had a 33 game winning streak in a dynasty league. I know that kind of, that might sound insane. I went 16 and 0 in 2019, won the championship. Another 16 and 0 in 2020, won the championship. Started the season blazing with a 1 and 0 start. I even uh, talked to a friend of mine who's in the league. I beat him in the finals last year. I assumed was the toughest competition in the league. And one of our biggest issues was I never played him during the regular season. And it was just how MFL schedule was auto generated as such so i made sure that i played him in week one to have like almost like a hall of fame game esque sense to it and i wiped the fourth in game one um just like i always do so it's kind of my expectation for what the season was going to look like and then week two i was just incredibly let down um mfl doesn't have the previous live score and they have next week so they kind of wiped the previous and i couldn't find it um another issue with mfl just gonna slide that in there um watch the listen to the patreon show cheap shot cheap shot but you had alvin Kamara pre-mentioned as a disappointment i had getting four points um joe mix and jonathan taylor i think they were both under 10 points uh antonio brown pooped his pants aj brown uh, massive letdown uh tyree kill big letdown uh, Mark Andrews big letdown. So just star players who are getting ten and under points. So it was so this, uh, is, this is your one loss for the year is what you're saying in the league. Yeah, most most basically likely, these yeah. guys are not going to all repeat that the same week. Maybe maybe half of them do, but the other guys usually no 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 trade them away trade them away. <laughs> but just an absolutely devastating loss, and I don't I'm not sure the locker room is going to recover from it. But yeah yeah I'm sure I, I think it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, you got to get a glue guy in there. You got to get a glue guy. That's yeah, what like Antonio Brown's doing in there. Tim Patrick on that team. You know, you get Tim Patrick oh, in there, you, you probably win. On that team? <laughs> I made a trade this morning in that league, so uh, maybe it'll turn the team around to kind of lit a fire under their butts, I hope. I traded uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's been a letdown himself this season, for Rondo Moore, who's been anything but. That's I think you take deal. I think you take Rondo Moore over Brandon Ayuk easily right now. Well, right now, right? But you're you're looking forward in the future in a dynasty league at all times, and Oh, I'm, think I'm thinking Dynasty, and I think right now, like that was a great trade. Yeah, I like to think so, but I, I, I'm still a big Ayuk fan. I just, I love I, uh, Rondo, Rondo more, and I've got Kyler Murray, so I'm a big fan of competing any stack when I get a chance. Elite right. receivers. The thing with Ayuk is like elite receivers don't go, don't have this happen to them. That's the hard yeah, part uh, with Ayuk. I, I, I would agree with that. Well, that I'm really worried about Brandon Ayuk right now, and I think that's a great deal. And I, I, you know, the thing with Rondo more that. I, I, I mean, we'll see if it comes to fortune not bless you that yeah, I worried about right. one of the reasons I was down on him compared to some other guys going to that range was I worried about injuries. And I guess that's still a, a concern. I mean, we're two weeks into the season, but you know, if, if he stays healthy, I mean, what, what is there not to like about him? Yeah. He's not huge, but I mean, he's obviously 
Yeah. On the Quick, field, explosive. I mean, it's more printed at you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I think that, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's not that that's a no-brainer because I guess there's a world where you could come back and, and but, but yeah, it's just it's not a good sign. I, I just, you're, yeah, if, if if he's really that good, he's not he's not barely getting used. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So he's it's, just, it's he, a, yeah, anyway. you just don't want to ride that train in your dynasty league for value for a player. I, I, you can put up these, these, the, like this couple games. What, what's like, what's his floor moving forward? Uh, versus Ronda, Ronda Moore comes in the league, uh, shows electricity, and his value moving forward on that offense could be, could be pretty incredible. Uh, especially as other wide receivers age out, they become irrelevant. Like, uh, Isabella, is he, like, he's going to be gone pretty soon. AJ Green will be gone. Uh, Christian Kirk, they're probably not going to resign him because contract-wise, they're probably not going to afford him. So I think Rondon Moore only has upside comparatively, uh, especially when don't just don't trust Niners players to do this again with like Debo Samuel. You should sell high on Debo Samuel right now before things happen. That that Niners offense is a trap. Yeah, I, 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 for sure. And I, I think the you know the the one guy that you probably went on the Niners offense is Trey Lance. Um, but really, that you feel really good about. Um, yeah, and, and the, the thing about that trade, too, it's not like you're trading Ayuk for, uh, like, say, like a DeAndre Hopkins, like a guy that's going to be a declining asset. Um, you know, you know more. Um, I mean, there's no guarantee, but, you know, he's probably an ascending asset, right? So, anyway. That's the hope. Let's see. Well, let's do just a couple more letdowns, and we'll, then we'll we'll move on, because we've spent, like, a half hour on letdowns. There's, there's a lot to be let down about, I, I, I suppose. Uh, I'm just going to say – um, and I'm sure he'll bounce back, but, and, and I am excited about the Cooper cup start, uh, for the Rams. Um, cause, cause I, you know, it's, it's benefited me in a lot of leagues. However, I, I also have a lot of Robert Woods and, and I've been disappointed, especially in the redraft leagues for whatever reason, when I drafted, he was there and I, I, I just kind of expected, uh, and, and not that he's had a bad season, but, um, I'd like some of that Cooper cup love to be shared with Robert Woods. So that's just a little bit of a letdown. I, I mean, he's still good and, you know, I'm sure that i'll adjust but man cooper cup seems to be the the, the alpha there and for the rams so it's not a little woods has to start robert woods has to start eating breakfast with uh maddie stafford right i know right it's Get also it's also it, it's okay to be let down by robert woods but still be like excited about his future yeah it, yeah it just like i said it's it's not like i'm panicking or anything um but i just you know i just like to see them both be Wide receiver ones, um, or or high end wide receiver two. And right now, Robert Woods is not quite there. So, um, all right. Well, letdown. Another letdown. All right, I'm gonna just run through this real quick. Uh, okay. Tyrod, Tyrod going down. It just sucks because Tyrod's awesome. Dude is a dude. Uh, Ceh, Ceh, Ceh. That's the obvious one on the planet. Along with Tyreek Hill <laughs> in that game. Uh, pr- pretty fascinating. AJ Brown could be doing so much more, and I think should be for your fantasy team. And you, this is one maybe one of the best buy low moments in a redraft league for AJ Brown. Uh, the Jags are bad, worse than I thought they, they I think they ever could be. And I actually am very worried for Lawrence. Go to the Patreon show to hear the rest of that talk. And then uh, Max, why shield? Why 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 shield? Uh, in the World Championship t- time trial for cycling, this is big. This will be the longest segment for my last letdown. Uh, I lost all my parlays based on everything because of him, because he was a favorite to finish ahead of the guy that he was going against in the head-to-head matchups on Bookmaker. 
and uh, he should have performed better in cycling at the, the time Contra world championships. Uh, but he did do a monster wheelie in the Tour de France. If you can look this up, it's still on YouTube. They get taken down occasionally is look up Tour de France wheelie contest. There's a group of people who bring their own mic and amp and they go and they mark a line with chalk and then they have the riders do a wheelie contest and Max did the longest wheelie of all time. So it was kind of a, you know, it was a letdown because of the parlays, but uh, that's my cycling moment of the week too. All right. The cycling um, um, moments and letdowns. Very nice. Well, um, Jake, the, the, you can take us home with, with letdowns and I, I want you to share this one. I'm excited. This is a moment for me, actually. Yeah, this is a, another fantasy specific one, like matchup specific for me and my leagues. Um, it was, you might've seen a tweet on the main Joe Twitter account regarding it. It doesn't happen too, too often. Joe versus Joe, Ryan Livergood versus myself. He might, he kind of mentioned that it's a moment for him. If I told you someone started Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry on the same team, what Derrick Henry got 48, 48 points. Aaron Jones got 40 points. The opposing team started CEH. Just, just mentioned <laughs> in our letdown moment like of the week. Ryan Livergood beat me 215, and I started those two elite running backs getting 98, 88 points between the two of them, sorry, and I got 199 points. Mr. Livergood beat me by 15 points. It's a heartbreaker, and that's fantasy. So it's a world where chaos, chaos reigns. Well, hey, you Jake, gotta... Jake, I was the third highest scorer in that league and also lost to Ryan. So Ryan went, went against uh, – he was the number one scorer and went against the number two and three scorers in that league. Weird. And that is ridiculous. And he – like, we lost two victory points because of that, and that's why victory points sucks. Well, a couple that's things. Well, football. We, yeah, we can get into victory points later, or, or we did on the Patreon show, but – Just give me a normal loss. Don't show. make me lose two victory points. Get out of here. But you, Jake, an important thing you need to mention is that you were also going against Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, the, you know, QBs one and two. So that, you know, when that, that helps when you're going against the running backs one and two, <laughs> you know, what's well, up with this? Um, hear something sad. My other letdown where my 33 game winning streak lost. Those are my two quarterbacks I started for. So I lost with those two. Guys. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I find a way to lose with the best players of every uh, of the week. But that's the, that's, that's the fickle fantasy uh, double double header where Ryan puts up the number one score and plays the number two and three score in that league. The amount of luck that that has to happen is incredible. Yeah, I know the audience loves hearing about my fantasy letdown, so I had to had to tell it. <laughs> that's I'm surprised Ryan didn't lead off with his highs of the week with that one. Awesome. That's, yeah, that's week that, two. I, I mean, mean, come on, let's not not get too excited about wins in week two. You know. Still ahead of him on the standings. That's all that matters. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I'm just worried about the playoffs. You know, we'll 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 you know whatever happens. What, ha- what happened last year? Last in the playoffs, only, only because of victory. Pretty points. sure you beat me, Jake. Pretty sure you beat me. So sorry, I'm still crying on the inside for me too. So. <laughs> all right, let we we spent a lot of time on months let down. So let let's pick up the pace here, and get into our week two takeaways and potential advice. Guys, who wants to lead off on this one? Um, I've got plenty, go. plenty of place here. Say here, go ahead, Jake. So we already kind of touched on just the disappointment of Brandon Ayuk and the worry we have, like of him going forward, uh, just based on what we've seen with Kyle Shanahan and that whole situation right now. Um, I had Brandon Ayuk as like at one point in this offseason, like 
pretty much going into the season nice and close as my wide receiver six and seven overall, like something in that range. So something absolutely absurd. And um, I just want to formally apologize to our Patreon members who actually spend money for that kind of take, which is just like disgusting and absurd. And I, I, I feel bad about it. Um, but that's, that's one point about fantasy. I wanted to mention is just like, you can't predict everything like, of course, but you can't predict uh, like bad coaching, like team management, not, not just saying that like sitting Ayuk is bad coaching. Um, like, cause the sermon situation, I feel like that's a completely different situation where RBs are more replaceable and Elijah Mitchell could have easily beat him out in training camp where this Ayuk sitting is just, it's absurd to me. Um, I had him as, my that that high in my rankings for a reason like he has that alpha profile he showed out as a rookie like he in 60 receptions 748 yards five touchdowns this is in 12 games as a 22 year old rookie also had six rushes for 77 yards and two touchdowns like he was good as a rookie like he was elite he he showed a massive like potential there and all of a sudden Trey Lance enters the picture in this offseason and I'm thinking holy like holy crap the ceiling is huge for this guy like he could be locked up with Lance long term and be an alpha for the San Francisco 49ers like I was thinking Kyle Shanahan's alpha Julio Jones days type of thing like this he could have that potential like I'm not saying he's Julio Jones but like I I loved IU going into this year and I still see that potential in him because I think like talent wins out in a lot of these situations but it's it's scary because like what you guys mentioned earlier in the show, like this doesn't, this isn't something that happens with so-called elite wide receivers. Right. Um, I, well, my hope is, is that they played two teams that were like easier teams uh, this year. So far they played the lions and the Eagles. Maybe Shanahan felt like they could teach him a lesson type of thing. Maybe they didn't need him in those games. Maybe it was a discipline thing. It's, it's all speculation on my end, but we're only two weeks into the season. I don't want to get too um, head over my skis type of thing and say that, oh, like he's a, he's a bust all of a sudden. I still think he has alpha in his range of outcomes, but man, like I am a very risk adverse dynasty player and I, this it, it's I'll, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't scaring me right now. And I think you should be terrified. And wait till the trade rumors start popping up with the Niners for wide receivers are interested in other teams come to trade deadline and everything and everything we want is to go to the Niners. And Ayuk did, he is just, he showed out so hard last year. And I think this is one of the biggest points is I, I don't think you can trust him or the Kyle Shanahan offense in San Francisco from this point moving forward. Uh, it is uh, it, it, it's a big mess and I don't like it, but I think that's a great takeaway. He could be as good from this point going forward, and it wouldn't surprise me. Like that could be a complete aberration, and I think I hope that's the case. And it, I don't know. Like he was a first round pick, right? Like I don't, I don't want to say he's a bust or he's he's like you should be terrified right now. But best case scenario is that he's more injured than what we know. Yeah, fair enough. Best case scenario is like eventually we'll look back on this like it never like it never happened, and we'll laugh, but. Yeah, just and and I think a lot of things happened. I, I mean, you know, maybe we probably were sleeping way too much on, on Debo, and I'm not saying Debo is um, gonna you know keep up his start, but um, 
Yeah, we're sleeping too much on him. I do yeah. think I do think the Philly defense is better though than what we give him credit for at this moment, and I I, I don't think that's close. I think Philly actually yeah. has a pretty decent defense. I think you're right because you know look at you know I we because we just thought Atlanta and they were bad week one, but you know Atlanta was able to move the ball against the, that Bucks defense a little bit. So um, yeah, it'll be. I, mean, it, I think yeah, Philly's given up 23 points through two games, right? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see them against the Cowboys because the Cowboys can beat you in a lot of different ways. And that's, that's going to be a real fun game. Um, this is, sorry, Ryan, this, and this, this is the takeaway and potential advice segment. So I wanted to piggyback off what you said about Debo. Like he was so good last year um, after contact and before the line of scrimmage, like it shouldn't be too surprising that, Oh, if they're giving this guy the targets all over the field and deep that he's going to be good after the catch, like deep down the field and et cetera. Like he, he showed, um like elite attributes right and that being hard to take down and all this stuff so i think he uh, debo this could not just be like an aberration i think debo could be for real too too yeah let, let's um let, i'm gonna move, move on and we'll yeah we'll, um i'll, I'll give I got, I got a couple what i decided to do looking at like week two is is i'm right now all about value and i think veterans will get more expensive as the season goes on and I think there's some veterans that can help your dynasty team. I'm not saying these guys are going to dominate uh, or be like pure, like major difference makers, but let's say you you need some help um, at the running back position, for example, I was just looking at, you know, who stood out to me and James White was one of those names that stood out um, week two. He played 50% of snaps. That was more than Damian Harris. And he even had one green zone carry, which I think is a big bonus because he's not going to get too many of those. Um, but but he's a guy that that they trust in New England. He's on pace for 110 targets. The guys in that range last year um, finished RB 17 and 18 in PPR leagues. I'm referring to JD McKissick and Naheem Hines. So I mean, I mean, James White's 29 years old. He doesn't have a tremendous amount of dynasty value. I, I think maybe like a third round pick could could probably get it done, or you can get it thrown into a deal. So I, I think they're you know this is a time where you can get some veterans out of your team and, and pay very little to get them. And they could, they could help you. Another guy I think is interesting guys is, is um, Leonard Fournette, King Leo. He has 11 targets so far after a couple of games. I, I think that he, Ronald Jones is probably still the running back one, um, but they're, but eventually gonna, they're going to score some rushing touchdowns. I think that Fournette's going to get several of those. I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. I think Gio is kind of not going to be a thing. And, and I, I think that, that he's an interesting guy to, to maybe acquire. Um, I guess his value is around a late second round pick. I don't know that I want to give that up for him, but oh, I would. Um, you know, but you could get, you know, once again, maybe get thrown into a deal. So I just think those are a couple of interesting running backs that are pretty cheap to acquire for, well, for various reasons. We we talked about this a little bit last week when I talked about the two running backs fumbling and that James White's in for a big week. It wasn't as big as I was is absolutely hoping, but it was on the passing game side and is on the trust side. Uh, the Patriots are going to be a competitive team throughout this season. It's not going to be the exact same as last year. Like, it's not going to be the same as last year. And I think James White is the most trusted running back in that backfield. I know Damon Harris had that absolute beast of a run for the touchdown against the Jets. But we do not buy too heavily into that when it comes to James White. His playing, like his, his stat percentage is all, I think could hover around this the whole rest of the season. He's never going to be an every down player. But I think he might be the like one of the the better values in that backfield considering Damian Harris's value is spiking after this last game. Uh, also, with Leonard Fournette, uh, Ronald Jones with Bruce Arians came out and said to the press that 
He's making too many medical mistakes. You think by his third year, he was getting this. Uh, I think Ron Jones either is getting called out hard by Bruce Arians. And this is like a motivational tactic, which is one of his things to do. But at this point, uh, you could see Leo take over this backfield for the rest of the year. And I, I'll be curious to see how it goes on a, like a touchdown rate and how much like boom fantasy weeks he's actually going to have. But he might be a little reliable, you know, flex play that isn't going to put up a zero any week. And I, I love the, the Fournette take. I think he is like a massive choir and especially uh, redraft leagues. And if you can get him cheap in a dynasty, like a late second, hell yeah. Um, right, like Ryan said, it, we, Tampa Bay is probably the best team in the league. Well, I said that earlier, but you want pieces from that type of thing, from that type of offense. Um, I think Fournette has that workhorse potential in that offense. If he's not that guy already, um, like nine targets, he's, I, that's probably more than Gio Bernard. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but he's on the field way more. Um, Tom Brady's not going to have four and five touchdowns every single game. You might get close, but Fournette's going to have one or two. Like the offense is just too good not to hand him the ball in red zone situations. Um, he's he's only 26 years old, and like he has the wide receiver background. He was an absolutely generational talent heading heading in. Like we kind of. When he got released by the Jake, uh, the Jaguars, we kind of forgotten about him. Like we, he lost so much value at that time. Um, but the like, he is the workhorse on the Bucks. Why is he? Why was he ever like a tenth round pick in redraft, like in best ball leagues in the off season? Why was he ever this cheap? Like he is a massive value to me, and he's showing it early in the season. And he's there's still a buying window just because Tom Brady has thrown so many touchdowns. I think you're right in the sense that we should have put more stock into Ronald Jones making mistakes because Ronald Jones has been the starter. And that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow is buying into the backup heavily in redraft league specifically, or giving up any dynasty assets before the season. But Jake, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And there's no bigger King Leo fan than me. So. Yeah. And you won't find someone lower on Rojo than me. So. Will, do you have any, any thoughts in, in terms of after two weeks, take, take away potential advice? Uh, I did. I did not write anything in here. I was, I was hoping to piggyback after, <laughs> after you guys. No, that's fine. Yeah, but, so yeah, I'll but, just take yours, Ryan. Uh, Mar- Marvin Jones tied for ninth in targets. <laughs> hey, hey, that's mine. That's mine. He's wide receiver nine in full point PPR. Uh, I've been one of the also bigger Marvin Jones supporters in my leagues though. Maybe not as vocal on the podcast, but, uh, Boys, let's, let's let's talk about how Marvin Jones is he is he freed finally that he's away from Matt Stafford. Well, what's what's interesting is that you know looking at the Jacksonville wide receivers, and, and I I you know I'm so excited about Lavisca, but you know he got a little bit injured week two. Um, he and, has an injury history. Yeah, and, and DJ Chark just seems like he's hot and cold. So, but Marvin Jones is, is seems, and we heard this in, in training camp, right? Like he is the guy that Lawrence is is looking at. Like like he is the, you know, he he's his Cooper Cup, right? I, I mean, that, that's 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 the guy in that offense. And Trevor Lawrence, as you alluded to earlier, well, has not looked very good at all. Um, but still, Marvin Jones is wide receiver nine right now. So I, I think that. Lawrence will get better as year goes on. And, and I, you know, I, I think Marvin Jones could still, still produce. He could stay up here. I mean, I don't think he's going to finish this wide receiver one or a wide receiver one, but I think he could, I feel pretty good. He's going to finish as a wide receiver two at this point. And he's a guy that's, he's, a, I mean, Marvin Jones is old. What is he 29, 30 years old? I, I think he can get Marvin Jones really cheap. So if you need wide receiver help, I just, I just, it's a name that I think was, was worth mentioning because he's, he's producing right now. And I think that will continue. 
yeah, he's going to be 32 at the end of the at the end of the year. So I do think he's pretty much free in dynasty. So yeah, if you're 32, a contender, mm-hmm. he's 31 yeah. and a half, right? So if you're a yeah. contender and you if you just need a wide receiver, like he he's like you said, he's pretty much free, right? So I love that and. Jacksonville is a great spot for him because they're going to be behind in like every game. And Lawrence has been throwing down the field like almost more than any, but any other quarterback in the league, he's got 20, 20 targets already. If he is their wide receiver one, and I think he is, um, and you're, you are already in agreement with that. He is like, he's a massive value and dynasty is in dynasty more so than anything, just because his age brings his value down tremendously. The, 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 wow. The, the thing about Marvin Jones being older too, finally unlocked, uh, being away. But the the starting lineup, sorry, the starting lineup decision that you have to make with Marvin Jones, and this is a league that I actually have a complication with this is, so who do you start? Do you start Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay, uh, Odell Beckham? Uh, you know, there's, there's maybe a couple other mixed in there. Marquise Brown was kind of there earlier, but I feel like Marquise Brown is kind of a, an easy click start now. But are you starting like Marvin Jones over like Javante Williams in a half point PPR league or a running back of like that, that kind of caliber, like Marvin Jones is putting up fantasy points uh, that you need to win week over week. But who do you start him over? That's the tough part with having Marvin Jones on the roster. You have a roster that's already built to win. If LaVisca is injured and there's going to be like that um, consolidation of targets, I think well, I'm he's already outscored LaVisca. No, I what, agree, but I'm just saying... LaVisca right now, he's he's healthy. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if we take LaVisca out of that lineup, there's all of, this, all of a sudden going to be even more targets heading Jones' way because, like, that fourth wide receiver, the fifth one, like, they're they're just way le- they're going to be less talented, right? So there's going to be more targets headed Marvin Jones' way, and that's going to that's gonna boost his value on a weekly perspective. And if I'm in a start-sit decision, I think it might be a reason enough to boost him over someone if it's, like, a coin flip decision. Yeah, like Robert Robert Woods is a great thing that you brought up, Ryan. Are you starting Marvin Jones this week uh, over Robert Woods? You know, I like what what do you do? Well, I mean, the, everything points to is you should you should easily start Marvin Jones over Robert Woods, right? No, but that's what that's a, it's kind of a conundrum on your <laughs> roster when you acquire him when you have a maybe like a a deeper wide receiver core when you want to start running backs over these guys. Like, are you starting starting Marvin Jones or Naheem Hines moving into next week or Jamal Williams? Those types of things. Yeah, yeah I, I I want to mention I was around Marvin Jones is wide receiver sixteen right now, so he is a wide receiver too. He's not he's nine in in targets. I I made a mistake on the show sheet just to clarify. Well, um, good thing I stole that, Ryan. Your bold yeah. face lie is now tied to my name. <laughs> <laughs> I still yeah. think though. I still think though when it comes to overall fantasy points. He should be a plug and play starter, but when it comes to like guys who are are actual like studs, what you know, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, but but I'm I'm with you, or, or even guys that historically have been a little bit better, like like the I think Robert Woods is a good is a good example because yeah, like I'm with Jake. It's like I'm starting Robert Woods easy over Marvin Jones, but if no, I mean it's not. I mean Robert Woods is. Um, at best the you know secondary target in, in that offense but you know jones is number one although the rams offense is much better so i don't know it's a fun it's a fun conversation but anyway if you want to receive help he is relatively cheap to acquire i would think yeah so. I, I just think about this all like this whole like start because week over week matters so much in dynasty two to making the like making the playoffs potentially winning the championship so marvin jones or any of the uh eagles wide receivers 
it, it it's tough. Huh. I don't think Robert Woods is that tough. Maybe, maybe even Devonta Smith, I don't think would be that tough either. I think Although it should be think tougher than you think. Yeah, I think it's a conversation with Devonta Smith because Devonta Smith um, is clearly the the the, the guy in, in that offense. I know he didn't have a very good game on the stat sheet week two, but uh, for me, that's a tougher choice. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I, I think you I get. Just, uh... I think what we, we see though, you can trust one thing we had to remind ourselves early. Cause we, I think we also get excited about rookies and um, you know, in, in rookie wide receivers sometimes. And I think Rondell Moore, what he's done the first couple of weeks is the, an exception to the rule where a lot of these guys will take a while to maybe produce. So Marvin Jones, you like, yes, Smith maybe has a chance to have a more explosive performance, but like Marvin Jones, you, you feel, you know, it's solid, you know, you don't feel like he's going to put up a goose egg for you. Um, and maybe his ceiling is not tremendous, but, um, but, but yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, you'd be so happy as Devonta Smith owner. If he put up one of the peak games that Marvin Jones did in his career. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, we got Jake, what don't we, you've got one last thing to mention in terms of, um, you know, after a couple of weeks, takeaways, potential advice. So do you want to, um, sure, I just, Share that, and we'll get our takes. So it's just a realization, not even, that tight end is just still extremely unpredictable, as it usually is. Uh, You you can trust, like, that probably 10 guys, uh, maybe more like five. Um, It's it's a kudos to those who paid up in their redraft and best ball leagues. Um, I think it was a worthy investment to get those Kelsey, Hawk, Waller type of guys um and those i think they'll probably be league winners just based on like their the diff the value versus the i forget the the figure of speech but the value versus like the the norm um or replacement sorry um i think there's still time to make trades like for these guys and i think it's they're worth paying up for um and that's especially in tight end premium or two tight end leagues because if you could imagine having to start any of the top 24 tight ends right now, it's, it's pretty abysmal. And um, regardless of format, it's just one less thing to worry about when starting your lineups. And we're talking about this Marvin Jones, like tough decision. Like it's, it gets even tougher when you're debating guys like uh, Max Williams and Jack Doyle and just like, just, just a guys, right? Like guys who shouldn't never be entering your starting lineup where if your opponent has those guys, you're winning that matchup if you have anyone who's in that top 10, right, or top five. So I think in Dynasty, I would be I would consider paying up for those veteran tight ends who are actually putting up numbers who might not have like that uh, a bunch of years ahead of them, but you're, you're guaranteed that year of value, um, like the Robert Tanyans still being connected to an Aaron Rodgers type. And then if you can pay up and get a Hawker, like anyone like that, do it. I don't like do it. It's going to be worth it in the long run. You can't acquire Hawk. Let's go Hawks. Uh, one thing about <laughs> uh, Rob Gronkowski is already a third of the way to his 2020 season total fantasy points. So beautiful in full PPR. It's it's a happy surprise because I. I did not ex- for whatever reason. I just kind of thought Gronk was going to fade away, maybe have his moments. Um, and, but but it, he obviously, and who knows? It's two weeks, right? He could, could fade away. But it's exciting that that Gronk is 
is doing what he's doing. It's, it's just so much fun. It just makes the NFL more fun. So I, I, in, in leagues where I kind of thought, okay, Gronk is on my roster. He's kind of a clog roster clogger at this point. Like I've, I've one in one league, I thought I was like in tight in trouble. And I, I'm like, I guess Gronk is my best, best player. I started him two weeks in a row and it's just been, it's been so much fun. <laughs> I mean, it's just been a blast. So much trouble I'm in. Oh, this is awful. My 25 points a week. I hate it. Yeah, right. He's he yeah. is just so so slightly behind Travis Kelsey, and he's making it hard for my uh, top three of the four, or sorry, three of the four, three of the top four tight ends will be Iowa Hawkeyes. Hawks making a run for it. Fans looking pretty good. Uh, the the trailer or the the you know the bring up the caboose is George Kittle, which I one I think George Kittle is going to be in for a massive week this week. But the the tight end scoring for the for the top guys is, is pretty off the charts for when you invest in those. And they weren't there's no no names out there besides like Jawan Johnson, which you never really thought. And if you didn't start in week one, it's been worthless to you anyway. It's hard to bank on like guys week to week, right? Like in tight for tight ends, you're just hoping for a for a touchdown. I actually like Kyle Pitts flashing quite a bit. Oh, Will, is that you? Who said that? I just he, did that come from Will Greenwood? Huh? I mean, I just I, you want more from him versus this is Hunter. recording, you know that, right? Like this is going to be. I've never been anti right Kyle Pitts. I just haven't been as high as Kyle Pitts uh, is for his redraft finish for this year with you guys. He's a, he's a tight tight in one right now. I, I mean, it, it's not. not Juan Johnson is still outscoring him. I I know. But he's a t- he's a tight end one, and the, the touchdowns will come. He, he may not finish as a top three tight end, but, but we'll we'll see. But he is uh, tied for Noah Fant, fourth in in the lead for tight ends for for targets. So, um, man, Jared, talk about the you know, clearly in the lead. And I, I knew Waller was in the lead, but it's it's uh, twenty six targets <laughs> compared to T. Jockets at nineteen, and then Kelsey fifteen. That's a well, the, pretty the amazing. Thing about Waller is he had 19, 19 targets. week one. Yeah. Was it 19 so, week one? Yeah, so uh, okay. That second week is a, le- a let down. Okay. okay. And honestly, that's, I that forgot it was week, a man week one in the, in the last part of the game in overtime. He had 19 targets after like what? Three and a half quarters. Cause I was messaging you guys. I was like, what is going on? Jared Waller has so many targets and then they, they've moved away. And hopefully this kind of like evens out like a 10 targets game would be incredible. Anyway, I remember glancing over the 19 targets and then like getting whiplash looking back at the number so fast like wait what did i just see 19 targets like is that humanly possible and then i was like comparing with around the league and i think cd lamb and amari cooper had like 14 and 15 and i was like okay maybe it's like not too crazy but like it's crazy it's pretty wild but it's the yes it's the tight end on the raiders offense yeah you have to love it though because hey gruden was compared saying he was like the best player he's ever coached I think Waller probably a has a longer, so. long, yeah, yeah, lots of hyperbole there. But I think uh, Waller probably has a longer career ahead of him than um, expected as like a 29 year old. Like he probably has four years. I might like potentially. I think, yeah, and I think that's a good lesson too. Is that maybe I, at least for me, I discounted Darren Waller too heavily this offseason in the tight end rank, like rankings and value, and trying to trade for moving forward. He is much more value than I give him credit for. Even I, I know that this last week wasn't what you wanted out of him, but uh, he. He is, uh, he has what, like three, four more years of great tight end one production yeah, that size ahead speed. of him. Yeah. 
and, and just such a great story too. Just a fun guy to root for. Um, uh, so yeah, I love uh, Max Crosby taking inspiration from it as well. And he, Max Crosby is showing up as a career year so far as well. So hopefully you can continue that defensive are, take of the week. Are, uh, yeah, yeah. Max Crosby looking like a stud. Yeah, he and, does look like a stud. And the the Vikings fifth round pick. Uh, just just kicking bombs for the Raiders after the Vikings cut him after a couple missed kicks his rookie year. That's where you go to revitalize your career, I guess, the Raiders, huh? I mean, they, they, but they also have – I can't believe they're not targeting Randy Moss slash Terrell Owens. Man, they're just getting called back by penalties. you got to be watching it. It's happening. <laughs> I did look – Jay, and again, we talked about this. I tried to look for any sort of, like, penalty, like, letdown last week. There is also a website – if you search like NFL penalties, there's a, there's a website that tracks everything in the play that had happened. I also went through play-by-play games trying to find like fun stats in week one. I didn't do it for week two because honestly, it's it's a it's a fool's errand. But the biggest one is that Kenneth Gainwell should have had two touchdowns because his touchdown in week one was called back because Lane Johnson drifted a little bit too far downfield. And that would have taken away Dallas Goddard's touchdown. That would have shaken up this tight end landscape. Kyle Pitts would have been where he is because God is behind him, but I think uh, uh, they made sure Gainwell got that other one because he lost the first one. I, I was watching that as well. It's a, uh, the, the gap between Sanders and Gainwell is closing. Yeah. The biggest I, thing I is, still like Sanders, but Gainwell is rising quickly up dynasty ranks. I think, I think uh, Philadelphia's defense and Dallas's defense are better than what we thought they were going into the season. And so they're not matchups to just like take advantage of now where you'll spot start somebody against them moving forward. You might say that Kenny Gainwell is gaining value. Ooh. Okay, Ooh, let's boo that uh, joke. It's horrible. Okay. Um, so we are into overtime right now. Um, not unlike Cincinnati, Minnesota week one. So let's pick up the pace, gentlemen. We're going to move into our, our hot, bold, spicy takes uh, for week going into week three. This is our first edition of hot, bold, spicy takes. If, as a reminder, we're going to assign these takes five levels. We've got banana pepper, the lowest level, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and of course the almighty Carolina Reaper. So each of us will give our take and then the other Joes will collaborate and attempt to agree on what level to assign that take. So I will go first only because mine, I don't think is that spicy. I, I was, I was um, not great about filling out the show sheet and thinking about a hot, hot, spicy take. So this one is just a quick one. I, you know, guys know I, I like to predict games with my hot, spicy takes. So I'm going to go with uh, the Detroit lions with the upset over the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens are coming off an emotional victory. They, they finally beat Kansas city. They've got to go to Detroit. The, the, those lions, man, they're, they're feisty. They, they're may not be the most talented team, but uh, coach Campbell's got those guys fired up. And, and I think they get their first one of the season. So I'm going to go with the Detroit lions over the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore's favored by nine and a half. Um, what, what say you fellow Joes? I think that's a Carolina Reaper take. You have Baltimore coming off of a, beating Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. A massive high there. I don't think they got, are going to be too hungover from celebrating their regular season victory. Um, it's Detroit. Like, I think it's going to be a good matchup for fantasy because I assume Detroit's going to be in garbage time for majority of the game. Like, But to pick them over the the Ravens, I don't know. That's why I'm going uh, Carolina Reaper. I think that's pretty bold. Uh, and and 
you Jake, you're falling into this trap that that Ryan does every year. Vegas it's thinks a, Baltimore is heavily big favored. Time trap. <clears throat> Ryan chooses one game, says that the other team is going to win. We give him a Carolina Reaper, and then he hits on his pick, and it is complete BS. I've dedicated myself to this from the moment, maybe after like the third one, where I will no longer give Carolina Reaper to any sort of one team wins over the other. Uh, I, I think that's go, fair. I will go habanero and Ryan. That's all you get for calling one team over the other. If it's not too late, I'm going to go down to ghost pepper because mine are pretty hyper specific. So, well, you guys have to agree. So let's go ghost pepper. Then you guys meet in the middle. Well, me in the middle. I am. I am though. Right now, I pulled it up. I am going to put a. I have seven and a half, Ryan, on the the actual site that I can put money on the game. Oh, the lines moved a little bit. Okay, you got you got to shop that a little bit though. If you can get nine what? and a half somewhere, like what are you doing? What, what what if I say betting is betting isn't legal in Minnesota, so this is bookmaker.eu. <laughs> but Ryan, just for you, uh, I think uh, should I put 10, 10 bucks to win twenty nine? That doesn't seem like it's a lot. Detroit, <laughs> man, the Lions. How many kneecaps are they going to bite off? I don't like. You think Lamar's going to lose a kneecap in the first quarter? Come on, I hope not. No, don't say that. Chance the Lions outscore Baltimore in the first half. No, anyway, I, I we'll we'll see what happens. I, they're going to put up a fight. Maybe maybe the Lions don't pull it out, but I think they're going to make it a competitive game. So, let's move on. Um, we'll we'll let Jake go last and decide which take he wants to share. Or you can share them all, if you'd like quickly. Oh, I'll share but, them all. Okay, but let well, well, why don't you go next? Because this is Jake's first time doing our hot bowl mistakes in season, so we'll let him or off season because I missed the first one. All right, cool. So you're going, you're going to close it out. So Will, you're next. You got a couple of takes. If you want to share them both. Uh, first one is George Kittle fi- finishes as a top five positional scorer in PPR in week three. Overall, quarterbacks. wow, yeah, including quarterbacks, excluding not, not excluding. Oh, okay. So including running backs and wide receivers. This just PPR. and tight ends and tight ends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course, but so just PPR. Like, what are we? Yep. I'll I'll explain it after we get the rating. Well, we gotta I mean, understand it. <laughs> yeah, rating. Come on, <laughs> how do we get a rating if we don't understand it? Come on, Will. No, I'll, I'll explain my reasoning. Oh, okay, after um, you get the rating. So we're talking guys like Christian McCaffrey, um, like loaded of superstars. So I like, well, uh, Ryan, what are we thinking here? Like, is that Carolina? I feel like it's got to be pretty dang close. Also, Jake, my it's, takes are always super, super freaking hot. I will. Oh, no, me, me too. Like, that's that's it, how we roll. It's real hot. I, I mean, looking back at his career, um, his highest scoring week was week four of 2020 against the Eagles. He had 40.1 um, um, PPR. Point, oh, am I looking at the right? No, I'm looking at Kittle. So uh, otherwise, his next highest week was 26.4. So I think to to top the running backs, wide receivers, I think that's pretty damn hot. So I, I, I'm willing to give it a, a Carolina Reaper. So Gronk has done it already um he was five fifth in week one uh, I, I didn't realize that i knew it was a good week wow four, uh, and kelsey and no no trade end came close in week two i'm good that's carolina reaper i feel like i'm fine with that as well that's over three other positions that's pretty spicy yeah that's let's really spicy. go just uh, go over quarterbacks too come on don't worry no, jair alexander is <laughs> going to be matched up against debo or whoever else is in the wide receiver core uh, for for Green Bay, and I think they have nothing else behind them. So I think this is going to be a massive George Kittle week, and so I'm so excited, so excited 
because the Niners always tear up the the, the Packers. And I, I can't wait for this Carolina Reaper to hit. And for our first bold spice hot bold spicy takes after coming after week two, uh, this is a for sure slam dunk Carolina win for Will. I, I really hope you're right because I, I want to see Kittle start producing again. So let, let's hope it happens. He might week. take some stats out of the backfield. They got especially, nothing left, especially against the Green Bay Packers. I'm, okay, I'm praying they uh, they unleash Ayuk in this game. They decide they finally need him in a competitive game, and he comes in, shows up. Or what's his face? Who's the third wide receiver? That's Cap- Shanahan's like he earned some trench shirt field. <laughs> trench shirt. You want to talk about boring names? That dude should be an accountant. You want, you want to give your other um, humble spicy take? I know you put this in just to troll me, but well, yeah, I did as we started the show because I was kind of struggling to come up with some great takes for the week because I do think that there are some uh, like like really great fantasy point opportunities, but I wanted to find one I really loved. And this is one that is personal to us as a team. And I think we should all be on board and it doesn't have to be that hot, but I want the reason I think it makes it hot is that my projected finish. So I'm going to say Justin Fields finishes as the QB one overall. Oh, okay. Four points. I don't care. Uh, and, And the bears win this game and it is an incredible performance. And we are going to be ready to overreact going into week four. I thought you were saying he was just going to be like a top 12. You're talking QB1 overall. I should have put the word the in there into the show sheet. My bad. I was thinking it was a straight uh, jalapeno, but but QB1 overall. As a QB1, I don't want to be with those rankers putting him at 10, 11. Let's get I would have said there. top three or something like, but that's a if you're gonna say number one against with the that Fields, pass, that's Carolina actually, Reaper, no that, that, Carolina Reaper, Carolina Reaper. There's no doubt. I mean, because because <laughs> even if Fields can do it, the Bears going into Cleveland and, and winning, that's probably more likely the Bears winning. Um, but but both are unlikely. Oh, you watch how Tyrod Taylor ripped up that defense. I mean, already put put Carolina Reaper in there, so that uh, so if he's the points, QB but like the way Tyrod Taylor ripped up that defense with no pass catchers or running backs. Fields has much better pass catchers, much better running backs, and I would honestly say a much better offensive line uh, minus uh, the left tackle. I think Fields is going to be in for a big game plan. And honestly, if, if Nagy can't do this, we'll fire him. So, like, Carolina Reaper for, for him to finish the QB1 or Carolina uh, Reaper for Nagy to fire I mean, I hope you're right because uh, <laughs> we won't see Andy Dalton play another snap this year if that's the case. And I don't want to. No, no one does. I love I love Andy Dalton is 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 a guy. Seems like like a great person, but I don't. He's not fun for for football or our entertainment. And this is an entertainment sport. This is what we want. All right, very good. Will that's a good that's a good. We'll give you Carolina Reaper, uh, Jake. You you got three uh, hot bulls with takes to share with us. So let's hear I them. Do. Um, so they're all pretty much in the same kind of category. They're all things that were letdowns in week two, but I'm expecting, I'm more expecting slash hoping for bounce backs. So we saw Zach Wilson have just a, just a great, wonderful game against the Patriots um, handled everything. Bill Belichick threw at him very well and just uh, kind of just handed it right back to him. Um, I'm expecting a bounce back performance and victory over the Broncos, zero interceptions, three touchdowns and Broncos don't have a, don't have a bad defense. So I hope it's a, Pretty spicy. Uh, first and form, yeah, first and foremost, the over-under for that game is 42 points. Assuming that he throws three touchdowns, that means the Broncos won't match that, uh, which means the Broncos should score less than the Jets. And also, the Broncos are 10-point favorites at home. Uh, so I think all of this, especially with the zero INTs, 
I mean, maybe the game plan around that. I, I just don't trust that at all. It's Carolina River to me. Yeah, agree. I, I mean, there's but, so much going against this, but I li- I like it. It's fun. It's a fun take, Jake. We like to get spicy. On our Very like spicy. It. I'm putting ten bucks on each of our takes, Ryan. With the Whoa. with the Lions, uh, I couldn't I couldn't go. They full on win. I took them covering the spread. Uh, so with Jake, with the Jets and Broncos, I'm going to take the over. Okay, I'm not sure if uh, how I feel about actual money being put on this. Um, I'm going to put a I guess few. It's, Will, it's Will's money shillings so on, on these. Two. I have a. <clears throat> I hit a couple of parlays. I have a little bit of a bank account. This is what it's for. All right. Well, best of luck to you. I hope I can help you. And if you if you win, I expect I expect my, I'll give you my PayPal. That's the if, if that's what happens. You don't get anything. for my takes next week. Um, my next guy, Ceh. Huge bummer, kind of the first two weeks. I'm saying 100 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. So he won't be 100 yards on the ground. It won't be 100 yards receiving. But combined, I'm hoping for a 100-yard performance out of CEH. So I wanted to do a CEH take as well because the community is so anti-CEH right now overall. Uh, I'm going to go – I'll go Habanero. Yeah, we gotta we gotta meet in the middle. I I guess you know I I I don't think it's it's that. I mean, I think it's a little hot. I don't think it's that hot. I was gonna say um, jalapeno, but since Will went habanero, I'll 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 go with oh I'll go God. with Will. I'll go jalapeno was even considered. I feel embarrassed for even bringing that up as a hot take. Um, I will do better. No, um, no, hope- don't be don't be embarrassed. <laughs> I try. No, I'm it's, embarrassed. It's, 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 no, it's all good, but but because but I think it is um, because I think a lot of I mean I don't think anyone listening to this this podcast is like oh that that's definitely going to happen that's like a tour that's a, like a milk take no I mean it's uh, you know has he has he when's the last time he did that you know when's the last time Ch actually had a hundred all-purpose yards and a touchdown it's it's been a while I'm gonna I'm gonna go look I'm gonna go look um uh, go ahead. I'm hoping Mahomes is just like feeling bad for, for the guy a little bit. It th- throws him some extra passes, some uh, dump offs that he hasn't already earlier in the season. And I mean, like I think he's just due. He's on one of the he's on the probably the best offense in the league. I know I've talked up the Bucks a lot, but it's a uh, hard to nitpick those kind of teams um, and the Cardinals too. But he's a. <laughs> Like he's got that potential easily. Like that's, I agree. It's not crazy hot. Maybe I should have went two touchdowns or just a hundred yards receiving or something more specific. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I think you, you were smart. Cause the last time he did it was his first game in the NFL week one of 2020. And you guys he, are going to give me have a narrow. Come on. Give me a, give me a little ghost pepper in there. So no, let's, let's Oh, I'm so, I'm so hard. Habanero. Yeah. Right. So, so he, yeah, he had 138 yards and, and one touchdown. So that's the last time he had over hundred yards all purpose. No, yeah. cause he against the bills. He had over hundred all purpose yards last year, but he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. So come on guys. We need both things to happen. That's pretty, uh, both pretty things. Spicy. Happen. So yeah, he had a good, he had a good against the bills, but it didn't see the end zone. So that's what I'm saying. These two things have to happen. He's only done it once in his career. Week one of 2020. Yep. Still going out of an arrow. Yeah. I'm, I agree. Okay, my last and final take, trying to get a stat out, um, trying to get the score of last week's game. You had Tua Tonga-Vailoa injured early in the game, and um, one of the better backups in the league, Jacoby Brissett, enter and put up a pretty abysmal performance against the Buffalo Bills. 
bounced back off of their Pittsburgh Steelers, lost 35 um, nothing. I think he had like four points in a fantasy perspective, nothing. No, no one was starting Jacoby Percet anyways, but my hot take for this week is Jacoby Percet outscores Tua Tonga-Baloa's week one performance, which was 16 points. Um, the Miami Dolphins have, you'd think I'd have this ready, the Raiders this week. All right, so I don't think this is going to, going to happen because I like the Raiders' defense. And I assume this is four points for passing touchdown? Sure. That sounds yeah. spicier to me. Uh, I'll, I mean, again, I think I'll just go habanero. I, I don't see the cause for making this hotter. Yeah, I, I would um, – I, I, you can make an argument for Ghost Pepper, but I, I'm with Will, I think, on, on this one. I think uh, habanero is the, the way to go. Um, because it wasn't a, a tremendous performance week one that, that Tua had, um, you know, fantasy wise. Um, so, so yeah, I, th- I think, I think it's, uh, but, but you're basically saying Jake, and this is, this is spicy that, you know, Brissette is startable in a super flex league is what you're saying. I mean, the low end quarterback too. Yeah. I think, I think kind of what my take is too, is that like, I think there's a chance that Jacoby looks better in the Miami Dolphins offense than Tua has so far this season. Um, which again, a very small sample size because we saw one game, but like Tua hasn't looked very good. Um, and my, at least Jacoby Brissett coming from a, like some good franchises, he's been around the league. Um, and I think for like good, for good reason, like, I think he's a, a pro um, and he has that rushing upside. Right. So when it comes to fantasy, 16 points, isn't very, like, it's pretty dang doable. Um, and that's something that Tua would almost get like on the weekly. So I think if, if that's what, if that's what you're getting out of Tua and if Jacoby has even, if it's only a half and narrow that Jacoby will outscore Tua, like that's got to say something for Tua's perspective on like a dynasty and what kind of what Miami's look, look going to be looking to do going forward. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I, I mean, Tua is full panic mode, right? I'd say yes. so. Yeah. He was, it was last week season, honestly. Yeah. So it was one, <clears throat> it was one thing this offseason. I, I did try to acquire Tua on the cheap because I actually don't own any Tua anywhere and i was like well i should probably get some exposure to him for if if, if this booms and it's so far it's working out that it that none of that worked out because the price is just too high because of the potential because Tua still has great potential but again he's left-handed so how much can we trust that anyway uh all right i, I think with that will we should transition into our two-minute warning so um because we gotta we gotta close the show here guys so two-minute warning who wants to go first? Yeah, first of all, why are the, the Chiefs and Chargers playing at, at noon on Sunday? That needs to be any Chiefs game needs to be an individual game at night on Sunday or on Monday or Thursday. I don't care about the scheduling concerns and how much is going to wear on the Chiefs. Those both those like that they need to be every time on the primetime game because that's the best game we're going to see each week, in my opinion. Uh, the the Bucks are fun to watch, but they are not. They're not the Chiefs. The Chiefs are one of the most explosive offenses, and they fight the hardest out of any team. That Travis Kelsey touchdown last week was incredible. Like caught the ball, and the blockers set up. They're expected like they expect success on offense more than any other team in the league, and that includes the Bucks. So that's a that's my takeaway. Is what what the heck? Like let's get this. This Chargers Chiefs game is going to be electric, and the over unders is at fifty four and a half. And I almost want to put like, like, like a hundred bucks on the over because like that game is going to score so many points. Justin Herbert is an elite quarterback, minus the points he scored last week. 
I think there's just more to Dallas's defense. Anyway, long story short, let's uh, don't put that game at noon on Sunday. Get out of here. On the bright side, we've got Packers, Niners, Sunday night, and Eagles, Cowboys, Monday. Well, those are, so we've got some pretty good evening games. Maybe Thursday night, not so much, but. Um, Jake, what, what, do you, what do you got for two-minute warning? So you might have heard us mention it a few times in our show already. Um, we have a Patreon show. Um, it was a great show today. Definitely go check it out. I have Dynasty Ranking update coming very shortly. Um, C, um, MFL, get your poop together. Get Cordell Patterson. At least dual eligibility. Get him as a running back. He is a running back. Um, and lastly, be active in your leagues. Be the most active owner in the league, and you're going to have the best shot of winning. Um, this time of year, everyone is super reactionary. It's, we've only seen two weeks of football, and it's a super small sample size and it's just it's there's a chance to take advantage right now and regardless of if your team is 0 and 2 or 2 and 0 you should be making moves and putting offers out there he's trying to say you should acquire some quarter allison jake i think you should buy some tyson williams that's i'm the last thing i would say is go buy quadri allison um i for my two minute warning i just want to throw out there and and i don't think you need this reminder but but maybe you do be patient with those rookie running backs that you have that you have a lot of hopes for um, the, the veterans ahead of them will fade or they'll get hurt. Um, you look at Michael Carter this week, his snap share increased 20%. So, uh, you know, there, there's hope for him, maybe not so much hope for that Eagles offense, although, or excuse me, Jets offense, but, um, and then, um, like some, someone like Jamonta Williams in Denver, remember Melvin Gordon hasn't played 16 games since 2017. He's missed multiple games in four of six seasons. I thought that was an interesting stat that I heard uh, and Gresh mentioned the other day. So anyway, there's hope for those rookie running backs. So don't, don't get too depressed if they're not producing for your fantasy teams quite yet. So nobody is selling Javonta Williams low at this moment, but would you overpay for him right, right now? I think right now, maybe you should, you send like a, a first plus a player for Williams. I think that I think he is he's shown enough in these first two weeks that he could he looks to be potentially a long time starting the NFL and that offense has come around. You overpay for him or yeah, you overpay at this moment compared to his dynasty value on all calculators and ADP because his value may skyrocket in the next whatever, you know, 14 weeks of the fantasy season. I mean, I don't Absolutely. think it's a bad play. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I think we were actually we were actually preaching that in the offseason. I think Devontae Williams uh, is a great buy high candidate. I have him as my RB seven, just after guys like DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, and then I got him above Dalvin Cook, Kamara, and Eckler because like he's twenty one years old. He's that next elite guy. And like, get, him, uh, get him before he shows it. Like like Travis Etienne plus a first round pick for Williams at this point. Yeah, I would do. I would do it, and that sounds like it might be um, a, a lot, but. You're getting points this year with where ETN obviously you're not right. So, and, and you don't know how he's going to come back from the injury next year either. So, yeah. you know, it, that's a so. big, that's a big offer though, that, that we're discussing right now is a big offer, but I think that's the, that's the Again, kind of overpay at this moment right now that looks like an underpay in the future. So I think right, that's a great point about the rookie running backs and specifically Javante Williams looks like he can handle everything the NFL is going to throw at him. And with that, let's get out of here. It's a good, good place to close the show. We are the Fancy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FFJoes. Will is at FantasyJoe underscore Will on Twitter. Jake, of course, is at TakesJake. I am at Librarian. You can support us on Patreon. Once again, we do a great Patreon show pretty much every week. That's patreon.com slash FantasyJoes. 
So on behalf of Will and Jake, I'm Ryan, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Hey, if uh, anyone goes follows me, feel free to hit up my DMs with any questions, things like that as well. Slide into those DMs. Yeah, hit up my DMs, but, but more likely hit me on like group me. <laughs> That's more, way more likely as well, but I let's get some more followers in there, get some more people I haven't talked to. More follow, follow me on TikTok. Oh, I'm not on TikTok, yeah, but that are, you on t- are, you, TikTok. Are, are you on TikTok, Jake? You're, no, you're the... I'm not. The young guy? No, hell no. Yeah. My wife my wife is on TikTok at all times, but... Yeah. Wait, Will? Is she, is she making TikToks? No, no, she's not. Oh. No, I'm not on TikTok. I'm barely on Twitter. <laughs> There's like also I noticed this this thing with some people in the dynasty community, like the some or, or fantasy community, just say some of the bigger names are doing like Discord servers. Like um I just downloaded Discord. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so I like I know that I'll listen to the Jeff Radcliffe show a little bit each morning um on the commute. And um he'll mention that he's I think he started one and it's funny when guys like my age or even guys in their thirties, like you will, are talking about this new, this new thing. It's like finally I've decided to join this thing. Um, so it's kind of uh, fun. I mean, it's not my job. If it was my job, I'd be at all these things. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm going to be full on mid thirties here at the end of October. Woo! I'm going to be full on mid forties um, into November. Forty five. Yeah, mid twenties right now. Look like feeling yeah. old. <laughs> You're feeling old. I mean, yeah, Jake, if you were a dynasty asset, I'd sell you right now. <laughs> I would sell me right now. I'd be long gone on my team. Oh, the name uh, like Jay Patterson. Like, there's a there's value for sure. Jarrett Patterson, let's go. How are you not a bigger fan? <laughs> I'm a huge fan. What are we saying? I love Jerry Patterson. You hated Jared Patterson in the offseason before you were on the show. What? I thought there was legitimate worry for Antonio Gibson a little bit because at least I think Jared, Jared Patterson was a running back uh, in college. Jared Patterson's the best cuff. I think Man, he got eight touchdowns in one game in college. Like he's good at football. Like what? <laughs> I love this this post and chatter too because Jared, if Gibson gets like another toe injury or anything, Jared Patterson is the hog for that team. Yeah, I sold him for an early third, which I feel like is the the cheapest I would sell him for. You sold him for an early third? What are you going to yeah. get with that early third compared to Jared Patterson? I don't know, like a Diami brand. Uh, he had some great catches in the preseason. Showed some hands. It was, it was he's, amazing. He's like their he's our wide receiver too right now. Along so. along with AJ Dillon, had a great sideline catch in that that Packers game. I know he didn't get a lot of playing time, but that catch was phenomenal and showed some skill set that the future is uh, muddled, but brighter brighter on the pass catcher side. Anyway, so I brought up uh, Javante Williams RB eighteen on Dynasty Trade Calculator, and I would trade like ten of the guys in front of them for. For him, no, no problem. Who are some names ahead of him, Jake? Out of curiosity, like the names aren't before him. Ceh, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, uh, Cook, Kamara. Cook yeah. and Kamara are three and four still. Jeez, because current fantasy points matter a lot. If you win no, one championship, you can go through it. You know what? It's been a big uh, switch for me too because I had I, the past. I played dynasty for the past five years, and I feel like majority of my teams have been like rebuilders or extreme. Um, what's the Ryan McDowell uh, coin term? Uh, uh, productive struggle. Yes, um, it, that's been my go-to strategy in every single league, and now I'm at a point where almost all of my teams are like hyper competitive, and I've had to like transition pretty. 
like hardcore my strategy wise almost to have like a more redraft centric like getting those week to week points but i think it's almost it might have it, it might be making me a worse dynasty player i feel like because i feel i almost feel like the better strategy is just always be hammering progressive like that productive struggle at all times and just be don't play for a championship play for a dynasty like i've played it i've said it in other podcasts but i have to find a better way to toe that line and that's what that's the the big trick isn't it because because that's what you want to do right you want to be continuing to like kind of reloading and, and keep your teams with a lot of youth but you also be scoring a lot of points and, and it's it, it can be tough because you wake up one day and it's like oh my roster's kind of older yeah i'm competing but uh, eventually yeah. some of these guys are up off a cliff and yeah that's that's the challenge that's what makes it fun yeah. my uh my best like stacked roster right now is in a 10 team league that I start that I joined in the, it's called the league of social distancing. It, like, like Dave and Kyle and uh, Steve are all in this from our, our uh, group chats. I don't know if Kyle's a Patreon supporter, but both Dave and Steve are, and they're awesome. Uh, and so is, so is Eric who came on the show. Eric's uh, not a Patreon member. Eric get on the Patreon or I will. I, I know. Will, right. Uh, like pathetic. Just I, I relationship. He, he must be broke. Costco, but I also Costco wonder, pizza. I also hope I didn't miss anybody, but uh, I am outscoring the next highest team after two weeks by 150 points. And this 10 team roster, it's a two tight ends, super flex league. I have Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and like George Kittle was a little bit left on this past week, but the rest of the team is stacked. And I traded a boatload for Aaron Jones going into the season and week one, it didn't look great. Still squeaked out with the top score and one. But week two, uh, it was just an absolute beatdown. I just hope this team can stay healthy. Because the 10-team league is fascinating to be outscoring that much, but neither of you are in it, so I can't really go on about it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a very competitive league just based on the names that you listed off there. Oh, Ouch. yeah. We, we, the, well, the weekly Steve hate. Like, Steve made some big mistakes, of course, as always. A very low-stakes league you have there. Well, it's like what? Like, like – Three thousand Canadian dollars, so that's like oh, what, like fifty nice. bucks, a, fifty bucks a year. Nice, that's free money. I it's love only- me leagues with Steve and Dave and Eric. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, guys. Had to get, let's get that in the last second. All the the, the chirping our league mates as much as we can. But specifically those two because they're awesome. Yeah, but I guess but, Eric was a guest on the show. Maybe we can be a little. Maybe I can be Steve a little and nice Dave need to come on. Eh, I value our listeners. So I disagree. I'd be fascinated. We can, you can always not post it. <laughs> then like, do we have to listen to it? We'd have to participate. Yeah. All right, Ryan, we're uh, just slightly past your hour timeline. Yeah. So. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm doing, doing the, the show notes right now. So we should, but you should probably stop the recording. So if you, if you listen this far, congratulations, we appreciate it. Uh, we love you guys. We'll talk to you later. Good luck week three. See ya. Night.